Hello, wonderful people. I'm Cindy James, and welcome to this moment in time where I get to do something that I am so happy to do, and that is to share the wisdom, the inspiration, and the relationship that I have with the man known as Wayne Dyer. Dr. Wayne Dyer, what an extraordinary human being. This incredible man who had left the realm a few years ago, skedaddled to the other side, as I like to say, had had such a profound impact on my life in all the most amazing ways. I'm a mom of four children and they came like two years, two years, two years, like, oops, three and a half years. And I spent a lot of time taking care of young ones and carpooling. I used to joke that if I drove straight, I could go from Philly to Boston, but I just circled for six hours going here, there and everywhere. But what I would do when I had free time to myself was to read something inspirational. I just couldn't get enough of what this business of living is, of what the universal questions and answers are, and how I could be happier, healthier, and so could everyone and everything. So I don't remember the exact first moment that I came upon Wayne Dyer, but I think it was probably at Barnes and Noble's in the early 1990s or mid 1990s, when I had gotten a babysitter, whenever I got a babysitter and I had free time, I didn't have to run 10,000 errands. I would go to Barnes and Nobles and I would go to the self-help philosophy, origins of religion, you know, nutrition, health. And I would get a stack of books and I would get myself a deep calf cafe mocha and sit in one of those big comfy chairs and just imbibe. I was so interested in the origins of religion and how did they become so segregated and how could someone in search of a greater power and, and devoted to that kill one another? I mean, how could it be that how could like God become like golems, my precious, how could that happen? How could the crusades happen? How could the Spanish inquisition happen? How could the holy wars happen? How could holy be in front of war? It made no sense to me. And so I searched and searched. And I, when I was young, I, uh, I remember back in the day, I, I would like to um, stay home from school. So my mom worked and my dad worked. This is now 11, 12 years old age. And I was living in Freehold, New Jersey. And I had the ability to give myself a fever in under a minute so that I'm not putting a thermometer under a light bulb, but I could work myself up so that I would say that I wasn't feeling well. And my mom would come in, usually my mom take my temperature and lo and behold, 101, 102. And she would have to go to work and I'd stay home. And then poof, the fever is back. I want to tell you that that karmically didn't serve me so well, because I, I think that there's just karma is not punishment. It's a balancing of experiences. So you have this, you have that. And um, I think I had a lot of health issues for a long period of time to just kind of balance that and what it has really brought me to. If I could give myself a fever in a minute because I wanted to stay home, could I give myself youth in a minute? Could I give myself vibrant health in a minute? Could I give myself pleasure in a minute? Yes, pleasure. And that was really an amazing thing that I learned from Wayne Dyer. So I do believe that the first book that I purchased, which I'm going to show you right now, is The Power of Intention. Look at that man, beautiful man. I recently saw, I mean, never before in history has there been so many resources for us available with the touch of a finger for free. I mean, YouTube is a veritable plethora of 
everything that exists that we can put out there. And there's this man named Evan Carmichael who does compilations of inspirational teachers. And a couple of weeks ago, I saw a montage, a long one, like a two hour montage of Wayne Dyer, including when he was very young and still had hair, which I don't know that I'd ever seen him with hair. And it was just fascinating, fascinating to see now how much what he said is so part of me that I don't even know that I learned it from him. Because I believe that Wayne Dyer has passed the baton to me, and I'm sure many others, but I loved that man. When he came on PBS and he was, you know, doing the whole enchilada, that was the thing. You could get all of his stuff if you joined. I would join PBS, not so much about PBS, although my kids loved all their shows, is because I wanted every book. I wanted every CD. There was a CD set of his book, Excuses Be Gone. And I would put that in as I drove my children to the shore back and forth. And they would fuss sometimes like, mommy, no, no. And I remember one of them once saying, I didn't put it on. And they said, don't we have more of that to listen to? I mean, it was getting in, you know, some like a osmosis. That was something I did as a child too. It made me nothing futz that Someone could know something and I couldn't. Now, some might call that arrogant. I think it's just the awareness of the universal mind that we can all plug into. And that's what I tell students to do. If they're getting ready for a test, just literally plug into universal mind. It exists. We're connected to it. And you can call on the goddess Saraswati, Saraswati from the Hindu tradition to help you too. The goddess of learning, of new things, of wisdom. But I would sleep with things, trying to get osmosis under the pillow. And I still think that that works because... I have books all around me all the time. And so when I got the power of intention and I read that through, it was a, an epiphany, which isn't that a crazy great word? Let's say that again, epiphany, like an awakening. This is the age to awake now. And what Wayne Dyer taught me is that I didn't even remember it was him until I saw this Evan Carmichael montage is that People search for occasions to be offended. They seek occasions to be offended. And when I was listening to that, I thought, oh, I remember when that hit for me. I was a young mom and I would go out with young mom friends. And what we would do is drink some wine and complain about how tired we were, how difficult it was to be a mom, and usually how the husbands weren't stepping up. And there was a certain rush from that, like, you know, like maybe from some sort of bad drug. Like it was a rush. And there was this pseudo sense of belonging. Oh yes, I'm a victim. You're a victim. They're stupid and bad. We're the better ones. And look how much we belong. And I remember doing that regularly for a couple of years until, and maybe it was contemporaneous with reading Wayne. Actually, it was contemporaneous with reading Wayne because, you know, he and I are friends. I really do believe he's one of my guides. And I'd rather be crazy, happy than crazy, miserable. You have a choice in this world. You can either be crazy, happy, positive, optimistic, imaginative, or crazy, miserable, and then really imagine the worst case scenarios. But I thought that's what we're doing. We are seeking occasions to be offended. And then we are like smoking the pipe of that with each other. And although it felt really good for a few moments, and certainly the wine might've helped numb a bit or you know, let some of the, the intense pressure go, but I was not moving forward, nor were the people I was hanging out with in my humble estimation. And I started to back out from those, from those groups. And I think that's something that human beings, we have an innate drive to belong because it does reflect the truth that we are one. 
But when we find our belonging from something that excludes or suppresses or oppresses anyone, whether it's a family member, a race, a gender, um, a sexual preference classification, um, an economic class, anything, a religion, when we do that, oh, we all suffer. It's like, I say it's like um, cutting off your big toe because your knee hurts or, or whatever it might be. It's just, we're all part of oneness. And when I thought about what Wayne Dyer said, the seeking occasions to be offended and learn later in my life as I became a teacher of healing arts and self-transformation, that there is something called negative pleasure and that we get a rush like a hit of something. We get a rush from being right. We get a rush from proving how bad we are or how much harder we have it than our partner, our spouses, or our kids, or other people. We get a rush from seeing things in the world and saying how we see how wrong it is. And that judgment, that little judgment, which is never really our job, causes us to lose our connection to the natural longing to grow in awareness. I say that this earth is a great game of peekaboo. I've been to you for now. So let's say that Cindy is an infinite being uh, having a temporary human experience, which is actually true. And she comes to earth and she forgets that she's a baby. That it's like, where's Cindy? Where's Cindy? It's like, there she is, peekaboo. I think why children love the game peekaboo is because it reflects the whole freaking thing we're doing here. And it is delightful. And it's a little concerning. You know, you see babies' faces when you go when, before they really realize that it's just a fun game and they really do think with the object uh, permanence or impermanence, whatever that doctrine is, that you are in fact gone. And then you come back and then the delight or a great game of hide and seek, like where's, where's Cindy's infinite self? Where's her true nature? Oh, there it is. We cannot find that when we're seeking occasions to be offended. So I remember when I decided that I wanted to seek occasions to be delighted. And I can tell you that's difficult in this world. You can be thought of as crazy. Can't you see how bad it is out there? And then what I thought was such um, an incongruence or a hypocrisy, but I say that with such lightness because I, I still have hypocrisy. And if you're on earth, like welcome earthling, we all come here to forget and remember. So there's, there's no prize. I love this quote that says, um, saint has no pride of place and sinner has no sting of eternal degradation because who was once the saint was then the sinner. And that comes from uh, the Indian spiritual avatar of the age, Meher Baba. And I think how amazing is that? So I don't have to so um, occupy myself with those kind of activities that give me a rush doesn't mean that I'm turning a blind eye. And I will say that, that that is the argument that people use time and time again, that if you become like Pollyanna pie in the sky, then you're denying the actual heinousness that's going on. I say emphatically not. What I have chosen to do is not to turn a blind eye. I am as aware as I know how to be and continue to grow to be about the heinousness of this delusion that we are separate from each other and from the oneness that we spring from and will go to. But I want to serve the healing of the originating cause of all of those symptoms. I want to serve the originating cause of racism. I mean, I thought about this, that I've listened to another wonderful man that I'll do a inspiring colleague session on, Neville Goddard, who's also incredibly inspired by Wayne Dyer, which I didn't even remember because I didn't even know that I thought of Neville Goddard until a year or two ago. But what this man says is the power of the imagination is synonymous with the creator. Whatever God is, God is the very same power of your imagination, the same power that said, and let there be light. And there was light and there was darkness because there can't be light without darkness. 
I believe whatever the all that is, is this latent force of love. And when, and when that gets catalyzed, when the original whim or big bang, or however you want to know that story, and who can actually know it unless you're a perfect master that has that awareness of everything. But when that happens, that poof happens, that's love in motion is light. And then light gets refracted into color and thing and poof, here's Cindy Lou and here are you and here's, here are the things and here is even the paper that made this book and here's this wonderful man and there's the colors and all of that kind of stuff that happens. So this man, this incredible human being, I was about to see him. I had, had just signed up to go see him in Hawaii where he lived for a workshop. When I got the news, and I believe it was in August of that year, I, I was definitely driving down the Jersey Shore. Down the shore, I was down the shore and I was driving. And I heard it. I don't know how I would heard it, hear it on the radio that he had passed. And I cried because I missed the opportunity to be with him in the body. But what I know now from having so many people that I love so, have loved so well, that have skedaddled to the other side, as I like to say, because death is not the end or the last act of a cruel or absent God. It's just a change of state. You go into non-physical and woo-hoo, yippee-ki-yay. It's not a bad thing. Neither seek death nor fear it. But when death it comes to you, it's converted into a stepping stone for higher life. If death has any value, it's to teach the individual the true art of living. Also, that's Meher Baba. Maybe this is also an inspiring colleague, Wayne Dyer, uh, Meher Baba mashup. But I love that so much, the true art of living. And I remember making that stand on the truth within. I have a bumper sticker that says that. It's a long quote, but it says, learn your art of taking a stand on the truth within and your life will end in never ending sweetness. I am feeling the infinite fun of sweetness now. And especially with respect to what Wayne Dyer did. I mean, he made this movie, I think it was called The Shift. I remember watching it with my family and everyone's like, oh, mom's watching these things again. I'm like, but you know, he, but Wayne taught me this really, it, like, wait, my friend, I love it so much. I also believe I'm friends with Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively. So Ryan and Blake, because Green Lantern was so inspirational for me for going for the Galactic Council, women, all genders welcome and being inspired to be a force for good, even though I think I might not be the likely candidate like Al Jordan did. But um, so with Wayne Dyer coming back to coming into this being this, this catalytic force for more that we can align and feel our way into our new life. That was one of the tenets, which I now find he learned out from, learned from Abraham Hicks, which I didn't know who Abraham Hicks was. And I've had the great pleasure to be in the company of that infinite intelligence flowing through Esther Hicks and actually be in conversation with that energy. And knowing that that body of wisdom was so inspiring to him too. So I see this matrix weaving wake matrix also, by the way, my green lantern ring. Uh, this is a green tourmaline, a tourmaline ring, which is also very crazy, great and powerful. But coming back to Wayne Dyer and the shift, I thought like, wow, whatever platform that we can initiate that will help us, and this is the term he used, marinate ourselves in positivity. I mean, I remember nursing my babies and watching the show ER, which was on from 10 to 11, and then they would go to sleep around that time, and I'm like up, and then watching action news, dun, 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 dun. I mean, murder, mayhem, all that, and no wonder people have to watch late night TV. I, was, I think it's so much Johnny Carson back in the day and, and all of those people, because we needed some lightness before we went to sleep, and next thing you know, it's 1.30, and I'm up in the crack of dawn or crack of ass, like a friend of mine would say with the babies again. So I learned that what we want to do is marinate ourselves 
at the end of our day and the beginning of our day with positivity. So I'm going to bring this homage to my dear friend and colleague, Wayne Dyer, by doing what an exercise that I like to call dialing for discourses. So I've read this book, I don't know how many times. As a matter of fact, the original book that I read, I've given away. This is a new one. I like to keep copies of my favorite books just to hand to people and just like, oh, here you have it. It's kind of how I feel about my shore house. I've always thought, just like in the Colors of the Wind song from Pocahontas, and yes, I understand there's a lot of, you know, not good stuff about how we portray all of that. But I love the song that from Colors of the Wind, I used to sing it to my kids, kids. You think you own whatever land you land on. The earth is just a dead thing you can claim. But I know every rock and tree and creature has a life, has a spirit, has a name. So now I was privileged to buy a home by the shore. I always kept it open because I thought I don't own that beach area. I don't own the ocean. I don't own that townhouse that I have there. Like as many people that can enjoy that, I would want to share that with them so they can marinate in that energy too. And I intend to do that for as long as I possibly can. So dialing for discourses, you just randomly open it up. You can think a song and then whatever it is. So right now, what I'm going to do is do a practice that I know how I have been blessed to cultivate with is to connect with you and connect with everyone that will ever receive this because we all are one. And then I'm going to open, I'm going to just hold this by my heart and say, let this be a piece of wisdom coming from the greater through Wayne Dyer, through me to you, to radiate to everyone and everything, to uplift us, to elevate us and give us the strength and power and love and courage and energy and hope and positivity and perspective and so much more we need to go through this time in humanity and to come out into a new golden age. Ooh la la. All right, Wayne, let's see. All right, so when you celebrate differences in others as interesting or enjoyable, you're loosening your identity with your ego. The holy relationship is a way of matching up with the universal source of creation and being peacefully joyful. Any relationship or even an encounter from the holy perspective is a coming together with a beloved self aspect and discovering a stimulating connection with the power of intention. I mean, if that man were here, I would kiss him for sure. I'd kiss him anyway. So what I, I just did a superhero energy tool and I think it's just amazing because it's so in alignment with that. I was like, if you want to have some energy, see someone and be someone that, and I'm saying now I probably learned that from Wayne, but that holy relationship matching up with the universal source of creation in one another does give us a rush of that stem cell energy that made us in the beginning, that made the heavens and the earth, and that will lead us sustainably and powerfully towards the life of our dreams. So thank you so much for joining me on this first ever Inspiring Colleagues series. And thank you, Wayne. I feel you here now and I feel your presence with so many. And I am so grateful for how the greater showed up in you. Love and blessings, all dear, wonderful, amazing 
Use your power of intention, people. Mwah.